All right. I want to welcome you to the uh, As a Man Thinks podcast. And uh, my name is JT. My name is John Turner, but people call me JT. I started this podcast because I wanted to give a little insight on how a man thinks about certain things. I know in today's society, it's all, um, it can be kind of convoluted as, you know, a man can't say certain things, a woman can't say certain things and gender roles and whatever, all that. But this podcast is strictly for a man and what he thinks. And I don't speak for all men, but I'm speaking for myself. And so when I was deciding on what to discuss first, I did some thinking. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about something that's very close to me. And what is very close to me is how I grew up. And, you know, I came uh, came from a two-parent home, latchkey kid, and, you know, didn't have to eat sugar sandwiches, whatever, you know, all the oodles and noodles. I didn't have to do all that. So everybody thought that my life was great because I grew up as the only child and and um, from the outside looking in, it just seemed like everything was good, but it wasn't. So the emotionally abandoned issues stem, you know, those stem from how my parents were raised. You know, my dad, he was raised by his grandfather, so he wasn't raised by somebody who was maybe 20 years older than him or whatever. So he grew up with that, you know, tough man syndrome of, you know, never let nobody see you cry and bet not cry. Don't talk about your emotions. You know, all this stuff. Because, one, the neighborhood I grew up in, mostly black, everybody pretty much knew each other. So if you did have a problem, nobody sought out help for like therapy and talk to somebody else about it. They just go get high. You know, my parents grew up in the seventies. So go get high, man. It's whatever. Go to work, get some liquor, beer, smoke some weed. So by me seeing all this growing up and how so I'll tell you how my dad grew up. My mom grew up kind of the same way. Her mother didn't, you know, wasn't the real nurturing type. You would look at her and think that she was nurturing, but she wasn't. You know, um, I don't ever remember getting hugs as a kid from nobody. I don't remember people telling me, hey, I love you. Nothing. You know, just it, it, it wasn't none of that going on. So in growing up probably 
think I was about eight years old, um, got a report card. And uh, I was all happy about it, you know, whatever. I look, I don't, I can't remember the exact grades, but I was all happy about it. And showed it to my mom. Thought I was going to get some, hey, some kudos, a pat on the back. Yeah, that didn't happen. And it was then, uh, after, that was third grade, maybe fourth grade. She never asked to see another report card my entire school years um, to finish in elementary, junior high, and high school, even college. Never asked me for that. So experiencing those things, it it made me hardened. It was, it was hard, you know, as far as um, dealing with relationships, dealing with other people because I didn't know how to tune into my feelings. And so when these things happen and I'm faced with different situations, then the other person that I'm dealing with, they, you can a lot of times be hurt, you know, and, um, and even if I cared about them, I loved them. I didn't know the correct way well, not the correct way, but I didn't know how to fully get what was inside of me out so that they can believe that I felt about them, you know, how I felt. So just, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it was a, it was a definitely hard Definitely hard um, time in my life. And it ultimately now, like as I'm speaking right now, I, I did get married. You know, I am married rather. And, uh, you know, me and my wife, you know, she grew up the opposite. Her mom, you know, showered her with you know, affection and telling her that she loved her and all that. So when I deal with my wife, you know, it doesn't oftentimes come out in the right way. And so that goes back to the basis of what I'm talking about here. So when you grow up, you know, emotionally abandoned, then you start seeking, you know, uh, validation and love from everywhere else. And so by my parents not giving me that, what I wanted and probably needed, then that ultimately leads to bad choices because now I have, I've seen a situation, you know, take for example, I was all happy with the report card. I'm thinking, Hey, my mom's going to tell me you did a good job, son. Everything's all good. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't happen. So by that not happening, like I said earlier, by that not happening, I said, well, well, damn, if, you know, my parent is not happy for me, then who ultimately in life is going to genuinely be happy for me? And so I, I took that mentality a lot, you know, as far as, uh, 
took that mentality as far as a lot is in making my decisions because I treated people like a grain of salt a long time in my life. Like I didn't, I didn't think nobody cared and I didn't care if they didn't care. So that's how I showed up. You know, I was very hard, hard exterior, didn't let too many people in, uh, never told, never told women I loved them hardly, never called them baby and all the little pet names and all the little things that's natural to a lot of people. That wasn't natural to me because at a young age, I saw that now talking about this, that doesn't give me the excuse as I am 47 years old right now, that doesn't give me the excuse to keep on with this behavior because I recognize it. And I know that that is not the right way to think. It's not the right way to show up in life. And, you know, through counseling, I've been counseling through, I've been to some group therapies and couples groups and all types of stuff. I learned about these things called three C's and it's a lot of three C's out there. People can have, and they tell you, Hey, you know, it's changes, choices and whatever they communicate, whatever it can be. But my three C's are, uh, the conditions, the cognitions and the choices. So the conditions are the situations that happen, situations that we see on a daily basis, you know, and then, when we see those, uh, experience those conditions, then we have the cognitions, which is our thoughts about it. And some people can, some people will believe that, you know, if somebody, if their boyfriend or girlfriend or kid or whatever does something to them, says something that, oh, you made me mad. Well, it's not necessarily true. Nobody can make you feel a certain type of way because you have a thought that goes with it first. See anything, the thought happens. Even if it's a split second, you have a thought and that leads to a feeling. But even before that thought, you have a belief. And like I shared with you earlier about my belief was that, hey, if my own mama ain't showing me the love and validate, I mean, edit, edification, then why would I ever believe that some woman is going to show me this or family member or another coach or whoever, you know, you, I always thought that the, your, my parents had the unconditional love for me, you know, and maybe they did, but they didn't know how to show it because they grew up with conditions and they had, cognitions and then they ultimately made choices and so uh when i figured this all out i did go have a conversation with my mom and ask her why did she do what she did and she didn't have an excuse she had no reason she didn't deny it she said i, I know i didn't ever love, tell you i loved you i know i never hugged you so you know i was basically a little kid if i was crying just let him cry in the corner and that's it so Anyway, back to the three C's, after you have a thought about what you saw, then you ultimately make a choice. And based on that choice, you can have a undesirable or desirable outcome. And if it's so detrimental 
that you will keep on making those same choices based on a certain condition that you saw. You know, it's almost like it's two kids grew up in the house, same parents, same mother, same dad, and one to turn out to be, you know, on A Street and the other one on B Street. And people are like, well, y'all, y'all grew up in the same house. Why are you on A Street and you on B Street? It's because we all have our own thoughts, even identical twins. Nobody, nobody thinks alike, period. Nobody. So that's just, that's just, that's just the way things are, you know. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's real funny how it, when you can look at something and you can take your, self out of the situation and I tell my wife this all the time that it's almost like I don't know you know it's almost like playing chess so when you play chess you're sitting across from each other and you're trying to think three four moves ahead and you know wondering you know if I do this if they do that you do that or whatever whatever so the chess people out there they, they they're gonna understand what I'm saying when you watching somebody play chess and you know how to play chess, you can see the board better because you're standing and you're looking from a different view. So that's almost like in life. We sometimes look at things with rose tinted glasses on. We look at them from our own perception, but you have to ask yourself, is that really what I'm seeing or is that what I want to see? And based off what I want to see, now I can make a decision. Now I can justify that decision because I saw this. Another example. Say some milk spill. You know, I'm going to use the milk spilling on the floor. And you come in the kitchen and there's milk on the ground. And all the kids at home or whatever, wife or boyfriend, whoever, And you automatically assume, you may, excuse me, you may assume who spilt it, how it spilled, but you really have no idea on how it spilled because you wasn't there. So some people will base, will make a thought on their assumptions of what they think happened. And by, and that thought leads to a choice, leads to an action and they may yell at the kids, the husband, the grandmother, the uncle, whoever's in the house, whatever. They may yell at their damn self. I don't know. But if you can remove yourself from a situation and really investigate it, then you ultimately can make, have a rational thought, and then you can make a rational decision, choice rather. So that leads to the excuse me that what i'm saying about me growing up and people who grew up emotionally abandoned just because that happened that doesn't mean that you have to stay in that moment you don't have to keep reliving you know as far as myself i don't have to keep reliving that um what was that eight, nine years old, I don't have to keep reliving that part of my life of my mom not telling me good job on my report card, 
not giving me a hug, not telling me she's proud of me. I don't have to keep reliving that because I can really take a look outside of the situation from her view and my view and look at it from a neutral view and say, you know what? She did the best she could. And just because she raised me like that, that don't mean I have to continue the behavior of when, you know, I have a daughter and that don't mean I have to treat her like that. That don't mean I have to treat the average everyday person like that. No, I can, I can be like, no, that's not right. You know, somebody does something that you care about, you know, good and you want to express it, just say it. There's no, you know, it's no perfect way. It's no right or wrong way. It's however you feel on the inside of expressing yourself and not having that shame. And so I grew up with the shame of like, damn, how come my mom ain't in the stands while I'm playing basketball? Everybody else's mama is in the stands and baseball and football games and all this, whatever. But it took me a while to understand this. It wasn't easy. And uh, a lot of a lot of things had to get pointed out to me. Um, as far as my behaviors and still to this day, my wife points out stuff to me right now, you know, uh, on the constant, but I need that. And it is helpful that you do go talk to somebody. If you have somebody to talk to, you don't have to be a therapist. It don't have to be, it could be whoever that you trust. And that can, you know, just listen to you some, sometimes, uh, maybe that's all you need. And you can almost talk through your own issues. You know, some people can, some people can't. I'm not saying who can or who can't. But if you have somebody to talk to, just to listen to you, that's important also. Because when you don't feel important, your life, you're not going to feel just a 100% about yourself. Uh, it was another thing that, you know, I learned about the four basic needs in life. And that was uh, to feel important, love, to love and be loved to have variety in your life and just to live and not just like breathing, but to actually live, not just be a robot, not just get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, take a shower, get in the bed five days a week, weekends, go to the beach every weekend, go to the, the zoo every weekend, the park. That's where the variety comes in. That's where, you know, don't, you know, if you want to, if you take a vacation, that doesn't mean, you just go sit in the house for the whole week that you're on vacation. You need to enjoy the fruits of your labor. My grandfather used to tell me, he said, man, uh, if you work hard, you don't have to have a bunch of money, but if you want it, he, he, he used to like steak. He said, if I want a steak, he said, I work hard. He said, I'm not foolish. I'm not going to go buy a $30 steak, but if I want a steak, I'm going to go buy a steak because I deserve to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And he took care of his family. After the family was taken care of, they have they needed. If he had money to go buy him a steak, he went and bought a steak. And that was a good analogy because it really taught me something in life. It, it doesn't mean that you have to always just be on autopilot. Just, you know, everything is so structured. Yes, you need some structure, but then you also just need to live. So anyway, four basic needs. 
part of the emotional, emotionally abandonment of, you know, when you're not feeling important. And so I wasn't feeling important as a nine-year-old, eight, nine-year-old. And so I, I held on to that because I didn't have anybody to go talk to. I didn't have anybody to say, hey, your parents are not right. You know, I was thinking like, well, damn, do my parents love me? Or do are they just like, we have to take care of him because he's our kid, you know? And like I said, I never starved. We never was homeless or nothing. You know, so it's people that experience that part, but their emotional needs are met. And so when your emotional needs are met, you know, then you're going to act away on that, but then you're going to, you might struggle in other areas. And that's a, that's a whole different topic. So people who are emotionally abandoned, first of all, to even know that you are emotionally abandoned, probably going to need somebody to point it out to you. And you can't lie to yourself. If people have said things to you in your life and you just shunned it off because you don't want to deal with it. I like to call it the burying my head in the sand. So when you bury your head in the sand, you just don't want to deal with the problem thinking if I keep my head up under here long enough, it'll go away. Well, guess what? It ain't going to go away. Got to deal with it. And if you're not ultimately feeling the way you want to feel in your life, guess what? Got some issues, got some traumas, got some fame. You know, you're embarrassed by some stuff. You might be dealing with grief, all type of stuff. But the emotional side of it, I know for me, you know, being born in the 70s, I was born in the mid 70s. So. Yeah, it was different times than what they have now. The kids now are way different. And, you know, it is what it is. Every generation is different. Uh, but, yeah, it was some tough times. Man. It was tough. Everybody in my neighborhood was, you know, it was all gangsters, you know, basically. Our little neighborhood, I'm from Venice. And uh, yeah, it was it, it was it was really something. I ain't going to lie. Uh, real tough. It's either you're a man or a mice. Basically, that old school, that old school saying, man or mice, man, couldn't cry. You know, the only the strong survive. You know, everybody knew each other or whatever, but you didn't want to be the weakest person. So not only did I have my parents not showing me the emotional side, I had these people, my, all my friends in the, in, in the streets telling me, hey, man, you got to be tough. You know, you can't be weak. You can't, you know, cry in front of no girl and you can't cry, period. You know, all this stuff. So <laughs> it's uh definitely some I know some people may have went, maybe feeling like, hey, you know what? This sounds a little bit like a something that I went through. Maybe not the exact situation, but if you know that you do struggle with showing your emotions, then you might want to look try to look back on some situations that you could think of that really affected you. And you'll be amazed at what you can remember. And no matter how old you are, you'll be amazed at what you remember and what you were thinking at that time. Our brain is very powerful. And by our brain being very powerful, we can accomplish a lot. It's just all if you want to, you know, and um, I used to 
I used to look at other people and like they had the old saying, keep keeping up with the Joneses. You know, now people can look on social media and they, you know, see whoever doing got what or this or look like this or whatever. And they like, I want to be like that. Well, I was doing the same thing, but said we didn't have internet. So I used to judge my, I mean, I used to base my happiness on how much money I had, what I could get, what type of clothes I had, because I wasn't able to wear the designer clothes that everybody had. You know, they could have been something, some like some Nike shoes. I never, <laughs> my parents never bought me some any Nike shoes. So I, I, I like yearned for that. You know, uh, I wanted it. And so I used to think, well, if I get these shoes, I'll be happy. And, you know, it took some time for me to learn that material things don't make me happy. You know, it's all from within. And, you know, that was a real, it, it, it was just a real eye-opening uh, subject. Uh, not, it was a real, it was an eye-opener for me as far as me figuring out who I was and what would make me happy. Um, never really, I never knew that by me experiencing the lack of uh, love and affection as a kid would ultimately affect my life in some of the worst ways possible. I mean, we all have our, our, our journeys, our stories, our testimonies, whatever you want to say. Mine was no better or worse than the next person. And we all have it. So if this, um, this can make you just think about some things and maybe you, you know, you're going through something, you know, you might be able to, um, you might be able to learn some stuff about you, but I would really strongly su suggest to talk to somebody. You can talk to me. You want to talk to me? It's all good. I'll talk to you. I'll listen to you. Matter of fact, I'll just listen. And, uh, so you can get it out. Cause that's sometimes that's all, that's all we need is to just get it out and, I'll, you know, uh, and go from there and really understand and try to understand where we went wrong, try to change that way of thinking so that we don't continue to make the same bad choices, which doesn't, which all the time doesn't lead to us becoming, like I said, the person I keep saying it, but it's so true. We all have a purpose in this life and some people know what it is and some people have reached it. Uh, but if you have some, some, some uh, past issues, then you may not ultimately reach who you think you're supposed to. And you may think that just because you're at a certain status that you've reached where you're supposed to be. And that could be the furthest from, from the truth. And it's all, you know, it's like the person that's digging and he, dug down 20 feet but if he dig down 20 feet in one inch he'll find what he's looking for but he give up because he's like you know what this is good enough i found enough whatever but if he dig one more inch he'll find a multitude of stuff so never know anyway my little crazy analogies i said it's just uh as a man thinks you know uh my thoughts, my experiences, 
and uh, hopefully you gain some out of this. And uh, I'll see you next time.